Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how we doing? And Kevin. How's it going, everyone? Hey, guys, we're back in Texas for another tournament. Uh, Craig, do you want to give a quick recap here of the week? Yeah, it's going to be a quick one. I mean, essentially, uh, this looked like it was going to be the Jordan Spieth show through three days. It, you yeah. know, it's 63, 66, 66. It looked like he, he was not even really slowing down to let anyone else in this. And then he did slow down and let someone else in this. Uh, Jason Kolkrak, you know, by the end of Saturday, it was pretty much a two horse race. Right. Um, and both of them were trying really hard to let the other guy win today. And you know, making making bunch of bunches of bogeys on the front, uh, and Kokrak made a few more birdies to to work his way back to even on the final round, mm-hmm. and ultimately won by two uh, as Jordan Spieth limped in with a, a three over seventy three in his final round. Uh, so Jason Kokrak, Mister Las Vegas, takes home his second win of the year after getting his first PG Tour win <laughs> earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean. It was always a two-person. We talked about it in our round, our round four showdown show. It was kind of a two-man race going into the, the final day. Um, so I don't know for you guys. Like I feel like let's just say from the since the COVID restart, we have been spoiled with such great golf, with playoffs, with like tremendous, you know, r- major results. What like how? What was your just like lasting feeling go- of the weekend? <laughs> it I to, for me it was a pretty mundane kind of feel to this tournament you know there like you guys said it was a two-horse race so there was it lacked a little bit of excitement in that uh you know there's only two guys that can potentially win and you feel how you feel about spieth and kokrak may or may not be fans um i really thought that sergio garcia was going to make a run at it today that did not happen (laughs) leaving me disappointed one and done implications that's one major one and done implications um Thought I was going to make up some ground. I, in fact, lost more ground. <laughs> um, but, I, like, you know, I think we're going to talk about it, but the week after a major is always a tough one. And this, I, I think, with the course and um, with the way this tournament kind of unfolded, it sort of didn't do itself any favors. Um, it yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, I think any week after a major is a tough. It's tough to get up for the next tournament. And when the major happened to be you know, one of the greatest players of their generation winning as the oldest major winner ever uh, in, you know, on a spectacular golf course beside yeah. the ocean. Like there was a lot of really good things about last week and it just, it's hard to get, uh, get as excited for the next week. Well, yeah. well plus we had, we, Kokrak already won the season, as you said. Spieth, like if, if it was Kokrak chasing his first win, that would be a little bit of excitement, some drama down the stretch. Spieth, you know, if Spieth didn't have his last couple months uh, of his rebound and this was kind of like, kickstarting the new Jordan Spieth and he didn't have that win that would also be exciting it's like okay yeah. two guys already have a I, win I, this I think season. especially if he didn't have that win um, totally. you know like even if he had all these top fives and everything totally. but didn't yeah. quite have that breakthrough win then there would have been the eyeballs on it yeah I, I completely agree so to me and I mean yeah it's kind of in and out it's a beautiful day here I it seemed like it was kind of inevitable what was going to happen tune in tune in early tune in late and kind of I feel like I got the gist of it like that's kind of how I feel with the day with the tournament yeah yeah the the one thing that really stands out so like if if I were to say what was my one takeaway from and this is more I guess just from Sunday but uh having crowds back on the golf course and when you have a hometown heavy favorite like that uh it was difficult 
Kolkrak was facing additional difficult things to get that win today. Um, having, you know, like people were straight up cheering when he missed shots, when he hit bad shots. Um, that that rattles you. Or, I mean, it didn't rattle him, but like that is something that if you're not mentally strong and, and have a good mental game, then that is going to rattle you. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. And he, he did he did kind of overcome that today, and he, he wasn't shy to admit it um afterwards in his in his post round stuff saying you know they were cheering for him he doesn't blame them for that <laughs> that's you know hometown event that's what you do so mm-hmm. so Good it's kind him. of a it's a kind of a bizarre year i mean we got bryson two-time winner sure Stuart sink two-time winner don't think surprising. Anybody, <laughs> it's surprising jason kokrak two-time winner yeah that's also kind of surprising and at the end of the year phil mickelson winning the pga championship at 50 surprising we got a Ryder Cup 2021 whistling straights. Now, Sink is is he part of Phil? Jason Kokrak? Like, how many of these guys are part of the conversation when we're like, but what about the Xanders, the Finals, the Webs of the world? Like, what's going to happen with this US team? That's a really good question. And I, I'm not exactly sure what the point standings are right now. Um, but essentially, these guys, they can play their way in. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of hate what the U.S. did going to six and six, where only six qualify, and then the the captain gets to pick six because I think it does make it much harder for this type of you know a Kokrak to play his way onto the team um, because if he's seventh or eighth or ninth, the chances of him being the captain's choice are a lot less than a Jordan Spieth who's seventh or eighth or ninth. You know, so I got the rankings here. Do we hear them where they are right now? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure this is updated because Kokrak moved up a bunch, but we got in the top six: DJ, Bryson, JT, Brooks, Colin Morikawa, and Xander. So that's your top six right there. Seven through twelve, we got Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth moved up two spots, Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Billy Horschel. Jason Kokrak is at 13. Yeah, and now I, I think the one thing also, uh, if you do go, you know, the RyderCup.com Ryder website has all of the all of the points totals there. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, the points now, and any, any points earned now, they're earning at a higher rate uh, in the 2021 season than they were in previous years. So it's easier for people to move up with essentially their recent play coming as we get closer to the tournament. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, essentially for him to automatically qualify and not be a captain's choice, he has to get it up to the top six there, which you're going to have to do a lot of work. So, I mean, some notables, Patrick Cantley's 14, Bill's 17, your boy, Craig, Will Zalatoris is 19, Kevin, your boy, Max Holmes 20th. A lot of big names. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's pretty tough. If you're sitting between like 6 to 10, let's say, it's something to overlook somebody who's sitting there, you know, as, a, as yeah. not taking them as a captain's pick. You have to respect that they were close. They've had a good season. They're, they're playing well, likely, at the time. Um, you know, I think with those last two, it can be a little bit more sort of wild card type picks. But I'd like to think that the guys, you know, 6th through – or I guess seven through nine, anyways, seven through ten have to be pretty safe if they if they can get it, climb into that spot. I think I think the one potentially concerning thing is if it's someone who had earned a lot of points 
and has just like been falling and falling and falling and cascading yeah. down the board then it's like man like do we want to take a shot on on this dustin johnson who hasn't you know <laughs> may, maybe that's maybe I that's a different yes, story but like <laughs> but like you know whether say xander if xander really you know falls, falls off further from from where he is right now and, and just continues to plummet are you going to take that shot that i, I think he's going to show up and, and have game and the other thing, too, is it's going to be completely overanalyzed for, I mean, however many matches these guys get. Whoever is that those last couple ones in, it, it, their performance is going to be overanalyzed. And, like, mm-hmm. as Craig, and I'm going to give this one to Craig a little bit because picking showdown picks in DFS is like, yeah, we have, like, some kind of things to go on. But it's also one 18 holes of golf that can be completely random if the person's, like, in a bad mood, had a bad range session, had a bad sleep. So you pick Billy Horschel, you know match play he he played really well instead of phil mickelson and then he goes oh and two or whatever mm-hmm. like well why'd you pick billy Horschel? <laughs> like completely yeah. overanalyzed yeah absolutely absolutely it will be overanalyzed i mean I, I would say that always is the case with the captain's picks that's probably the most you know aside from kind of setting the general tone uh and i guess the matchups uh you know slog him slot him in but uh that that's the most significant the cap significant thing the captain does but i, I just think it's funny because the conversation seems to come up after every win. Like I remember after after Kevin Na won in the Sony Open in Hawaii, there was a lot of chatter about like, oh yeah, like he's he's no brainer, like going to be one of those guys that you want to have on the Ryder Cup team. And it's like, well, like you know, you're leaving anyone you like that in that fringe range that you're like, oh, he's going to overachieve if you give him a chance to get out there. You're leaving off a pretty good name. So I think that uh, we're going to have to get through a few majors here. Those are, those are, you know, extra points in those ones. So there's still a lot to shake out. It's like yeah. people are searching for like their Ian Poulter almost, right? Like who, who, who's our Ian Poulter that will like, just yeah. like always overachieve kind of deal. Yeah. Okay, guys, I got, I got, I got a question for you. We're kind of talking, you know, uh, tournament hosting a tournament after a major. So we're given the grandstand golf invitational PGA is like, okay, we have two spots in the calendar. Let's, let's say we're going to be, it's going to be in Canada and we're either, let's call the PGA. You can have the week before the PGA or the week after the PGA. Where do you want the tournament slotted and why? Before the PGA. Um, because after, like we said, it's hard to get up for it. Before, people are kind of, like, excited for it, you know? Some guys are trying to... We talked about um, before the PGA, do you play the week before the a major, or do you rest mm-hmm. or go to the course, get extra extra reps in there? Well, I think a lot of guys end up playing because they want to mm-hmm. go in there with momentum. So you get more, more of the top players, and I think you also get, you know, all the, a little bit of a buzz is already going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more eyeballs on the world of golf. Everyone, you know, as a golf fan, you kind of want to see what form people are in. So you're going to pay much closer attention. Whereas right after the major, it's like, okay, like, I, oh, I can, I can exhale <laughs> until in the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel after the major's <laughs> over. Just knock that thing out of here. Um, no, but uh, I, I I agree with Kevin. I think you also end up with a situation like I'm very surprised Phil didn't. Uh, this week but oftentimes some of your biggest draws if they win or do well they'll they'll withdraw like Louis Oosthuizen in this week yeah. uh, withdrew and and you know I understand it uh, but it, it definitely would be something to, to consider I, I forget the Canadian Open was usually it was 
next to the open, which wasn't good for travel. I mean, going across the, the ocean, all that. Was it right after the open for a while or right before the open championship? I think it's moved around a little bit. It, it, it has, has yeah. it has been right before the week before and that hurt it uh but especially I don't, for the rbc guys that you know have I, to. I think you know from a, if you want the canadian open to do well i think the best is if it's two weeks before so then you'd get people going there and then traveling from and assuming it's in eastern canada uh traveling from there right to uh, whether they want to go play in the Scottish Open or or whichever event it is right before the Open Championship, or just go and and, and get familiar yeah. with some Lynx golf. Yeah, Eastern Canada—that's a whole other topic. Uh, <laughs> it's been out there for a while. I don't know some West Coast guys. I what twenty eleven something like that twenty twenty ten. There's some pretty nice courses out this way. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, guys. I mean, we kind of are cruising through Charles Schwab. I mean, we've already kind of cruised by it. Let, let's give a let's go back for a second. Anybody on the leaderboard you want to talk about a little bit? Um, I got one question here about JT slumping. Average finish of thirty six since his Players Championship win. Um, yeah, kind of a few disappointing performances this week. Yeah, well, he wasn't playing great leading into the players either. That mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what was he? made the cut by one or on the number, I think, at the players before he went off for a couple of rounds on the weekend. I just remember I picked him in our picks DFS show, but <laughs> well, that's all. He did have a, a couple of miscuts before the players. Uh, miscut at the Genesis, miscut uh, in Europe, or sorry, in, in the Middle East uh, at a tournament that yeah. he, you know, he should have cakewalked to a top <laughs> five finish there, it seems like. Um, yeah, I, I would say that JT is in a bit of a slump. If you if you look at what he's done so far, just in the say the twenty twenty one, essentially since uh, you know the tournament of champions when you know he he dropped a vulgar language on a hot yeah. mic. Uh, yeah. Aside from the players, he really hasn't been relevant. Uh, he had a he has a thirteenth at the Valspar. Uh, that was the tournament, I believe, where he was number one tee to green by a, a fairly good margin and just couldn't putt. But uh, you know, we've seen we've seen miscuts, we've seen fortieth finishes. Uh, it's just it's not what you expect when when JTT set up. Yeah, no. I I completely agree. And I mean, Craig. Like slagging him like he is right now probably means he's gonna win Memorial next week too, eh? Well, early, early Bulletin potential actually has my pick. Eight. So, <laughs> oh, what, yeah, he, what and done? You got him in? No, the I just mean like a DFS pick. I, I, I think that I when when top players like him start to slump and everyone starts to look the other way, then I'm like, ooh, yeah, that was like my players thing. Yeah, or Canley, Canley the PGA. Mm-hmm. Ah, got a zig when other people zig. I like now, now, just taking it back to the top of the leaderboard for one sec. Uh, Spieth today, do you think he, he kind of got the most out of a bad round? Or like essentially continuing to be in contention until, you know, right at the end when he, when he um, kind of essentially went at the pin and, and got a little aggressive and pulled it a bit and, and went in the water. Um, I mean, clearly he didn't have a good warm-up. Uh, he, he didn't have his best stuff. Yeah. Them's the breaks, or do you think he did a good job trying to still compete when without his best, like with his B game? I mean, somebody like Jordan Spieth, I think that absolutely this is a disappointment. You going going into the final round with a one shot lead, um, with the kind of golf he's been playing, you know, constantly up at the top of the leaderboard, like for sure this is a disappointment for him. You you kind of, I think most people probably had the odds of Spieth winning it at least 
you know, 75, oh. 25. If it was not like minus more. minus two fifty at before round four. I was yeah. Gonna, well, yeah, but even like at thirty six holes, he was like, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You, you were to lay odds on him. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I yeah. mean, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Kevin. I was just no. gonna say, like, I, yeah, it's gonna hurt for twenty four hours. This is also, I mean, we saw through four rounds. It's a hard golf course. I think it was over par two of the four days, like scoring average. Um, if you hit the rough, then it's really hard to get it close. Uh, so I think like for 24 hours and I think Craig, you're kind of alluding to early in the round, Dottie said his warm up was like off, like it's really technical. Like he's trying to find something almost in his warm up. So clearly just a bad day when you, when you, when he comes back here next year, it'll be like, Oh yeah. Like I, I was a solo second. Like that, that only oh, yeah. builds on my impressive. Place. He has nothing but record. good, good feelings at this course. I just mean more like as a, you know, as a fan, do you give him a, a you know, attaboy for, for going out there? And even when you clearly were not hitting the ball as well as you can, uh, you still manage to to give it a shot. Or are you like, man, like, you kind of choked there with a 73 on the last day. I mean, I, 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 I lean towards the latter, but um, maybe I'm I lean harsh. towards the former because like in the fairway on the approach on 18, it's still one like a one stroke swing. Uh, he just happened to kind of get too much of it and went in the water, and it looks worse than it than it was. But it still could have been his on eighteen. Yeah, uh, so I I, I I'm tempted. To, I, I kind of lean towards what you're saying, Adam. But I, I think also we give Jordan Spieth a lot of uh, the maybe not us here, but but. Um, a lot of there, there's tons of people love Jordan Spieth because he's a very charismatic guy, and he, he, you know, even if he's struggling, he's putting on a show, and so there's a lot of people that are still loving the show he's putting on. But if that's you know, if that's Xander, if that's Fina, if that's Rory, if that's you know, yeah. so many of these other top players, are just like, man, you just choked, like you, yeah, you know, you, you don't have the the histrionics and the theatrics that Jordan Spieth has to go along with it. So instead of it just being like, oh, Spieth didn't have his best stuff, but man, he sure like he sure gave it his all. It's like, man, like you guys, you guys sucked today. Like get better at golf for next time. How about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's just kind of going back to the whole Ryder Cup thing. It's like we live in such a um, like a media overload overstimulated world that we live so in such small time windows that everything is kind of probably overreacted to than it should be oh absolutely especially in sports and especially in golf where you know the we read so much into like you know it's sort of like jerry seinfeld with like fastest man in the world (laughs) <laughs> nobody knows him. you know the, the, if you're if you're just listening not watching I, jerry seinfeld has a bit where he's like talks about the the 100 meters and and essentially fastest guy in the world and someone no one has ever heard of being a nose apart um and that's what i mean we're talking about a golf course with 18 holes where one guy took 70 strokes to get the little ball in the hole and another guy took 73 strokes to get the little ball in the hole and one's a choker and one like just steady the ship like, it's a little bit, like you said, Craig, it's crazy. It's such a finite little thing. It's one chip that goes way too far, and then you have to two-putt. And then it's, you know, one that goes in the water. Like, with a bad break or, or a, a good break that the other way. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess the only thing that I sort of come back to is that I, I think now that he is back in form and he's he's sort of the darling again, I, I think Spieth, more so than a lot of the other top players, 
is going to get the well you know like he did his best out there with with not not having a good warm-up okay well like why didn't he have a good warm-up why was his swing not in a good play you know like we're, we're yeah. essentially we're we're skimming over that stuff and i and i'm just kind of pointing at it a little bit so i'm, I'm reminded a little bit about i have a, a good uh golfing buddy that whose wife is not into golf at all and he'll show her like an amazing shot and and she'll just be like yeah well that's his job <laughs> See, like he should do that and he's like you don't understand like how hard this was it's like well this is his job yeah he's getting paid a lot of money to do that so it's like a little bit of it yeah of course you feel you know i like spieth it's he was grinding all day but at the end of the day it's his job he's mm-hmm. you know did, did Kevin not, just... nobody's shedding tears for him how hard he's trying because you know he's jordan spieth and he had a tough range session it's, yeah it, yeah did kevin just like quote unquote asking for a friend a story of him showing his wife his good golf shot <laughs> that's, I think, yeah, I, I think that might have been how that went down <laughs> uh, okay guys so we got other things we still got our stock up stock down we got our bets to recap all that stuff for now with the headlines are we moving past Charles Schwab yeah but uh, you know as a segue just on the same note um so my wife loves to because we talk about golf here uh she loves to like read a headline and then come and like tell me what she read is like uh oh like i know what's going on and and she was talking about so like what's going on with bryson and brooks right now or like it's so crazy what's going on with bryson and brooks right now and so like I'm like, oh, like it is, and I start like telling her the whole backstory and everything that goes into this, and she she tells me afterwards when when uh, her sister's over, she's like, I come and do these things just to mess with him, and he like thinks I'm serious, <laughs> him being me, and I like and like starts talking about it all excitedly, and I, she doesn't care at all. She just she just wants it's- to kind of mess with me. Isn't that the, didn't Phoebe read one of like the titles of Ross's like paleontology <laughs> <Yeah>. papers? <laughs> yeah. Or read his paper or something. Sorry, friends reunion this week. It was good. Yeah. But okay. Other topics this week. I mean, for, from PGA Sunday through to Wednesday, the story was Bryson versus Brooks. Uh, I don't know if we need to give a quick recap. Uh, there is a video that was released. I want to say Monday where Brooks was kind of doing an interview afterwards. Bryson comes by and it's one of those spikes afterwards or during the interview, Bryson or Brooks rolls his eyes, ugh, mumbles something about that guy. And he's like, I just lost my train of thought. Let's start again. And this kind of erupted into this whole Brooks versus Bryson thing. So, I mean, that's a pretty poor recap. I just did. I'm sure well, everyone yeah, who's they listening also, saw it. It was, it was followed up with, you know, a couple of tweets back and forth and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, the drama got up there. I heard I heard two two sort of potentially explanatory um, uh, you know reasons that he he had the reaction in the moment. One was that uh, you know he was Brooks was asked by the Golf Channel interviewer I, I forget his name but he he's the one who always does the interviews. He's pretty good, uh, but he was asked about putting and someone had said early on that that Bryson said something about just getting it started on the right line. Um, and then the other one I had heard was uh, it was just the clatter of of Bryson's the metal, metal spikes, spikes on the concrete. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, Brooks decided to go with the biggest, uh, yeah, you know, very four year old eye roll. <laughs> yeah. And then so yeah, what do you guys I, think? What do you guys think of it all? 
I, okay, so this might not be a popular opinion, but I like as this happening, I thought it was kind of humorous, but then like every other tweet that came out or or Instagram story or post from them, the more I just like this, I'm not buying this. Like I I just don't think like there's this forty million dollar pip money we got hanging around. These guys are just trading these shots, and it's getting everyone worked up into a fury. But like, I, like I'm just not buying it. It doesn't seem legit. It doesn't seem real. It just I don't know. I I I, I lost interest very quickly. You think it's all trumped up, eh? Yeah. See, I, I, I disagree. I think I think it's I think there's genuine dislike, and I think there's genuine friction. Uh, but I think both of them are. I I think it is being magnified, uh, not. Not because they're so aggravated, but because they enjoy the they enjoy the back and forth and everything um, and the attention that it comes. The attention, with? I, I like to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of either one of them. Like I, I, I respect the hell out of both of their golf games, um, mm-hmm. but th- neither are, are guys like you know. Neither are, are Rory McIlroy's in my heart, um, and so. Uh, I I kind of watch it with a detached amusement, but I to, I I do agree that like if you actually have beef, then like then like there's better ways than like you know underhanded comments on Twitter replying to yeah. The, but it's an entertainment business. Think, what do you think, Kev? Like honestly, I think that it's hilarious. Um, I think they I think they have legit beef. I, I, I disagree I, I with you. I, I I do think it's probably been played into a little bit, um, but I think the beef is real. I don't. I think they genuinely don't really like each other, um, and I think it's hilarious. Like I think it's good for golf. I think golf needs to lean into these kind of things. Not yeah, like I, yeah, not like pair them at the U.S. Open. Like everybody's calling for it, but pair, why not? They're, you know, you got two of the past three champions. Like. Put them in nope. the same group and see what happens. Who like? I guarantee you, more people are going to watch if that is the case. Hundred percent. Yeah, you know? I completely agree. Golf, golf and, and, needs to move past the country club. You know, retired old white man. You know. Yeah, image. and like, and like, we're all buddies. Everyone's or even you know, if everyone's that... a great guy. Like, no, let these guys have like interpersonal conflicts and like, don't shy away from it. Like, r- lean into it. Yeah, I, I was just to say, so like, say, say if you think about the, the target market for the PGA as you've either got your, your new golf fans that they're trying to attract that are maybe younger and, and enjoy this type of thing more. And like the person who doesn't know what Twitter is and they love hearing, uh, you know, Nance and Falto wax poetically for uh, <laughs> most of the broadcast about things unrelated to the tournament. Um, so, so say you have those two. I think that... If if the argument that you're or the reason you're not going to pair them is to appease the the latter, then I I, I don't agree with that because no. so so if you know if golf is this gentlemanly sport where this is not what you're how you're supposed to comport yourself, then like okay, well then put these two people out there and make you know they they should be able to still carry themselves and compete like professionals. And if golf is not that gentlemanly sport, then why you know like why are you resisting this essentially is what i come back to i think either way it makes sense to to put them together and and lean into it like yeah so i don't i feel like i'm just gonna ramble here about how why i don't feel like it why i feel like it's just kind of getting like fuel on this like kind of non-existent kind of fire that it is but 
like I just want this, you know, like a MJ last dance type conflict where it's like handle a lot of practice and like it's just like this conflict or like Dallas Cowboys or like a reverse Rory, like something on the course. This is it's just like a Twitter like back and forth. Plus, here's the other thing. We know for a fact that like they don't always use their Twitter handles themselves. So they have social media people that tweet for them. So yeah, they have to go through them and have things kind of approved. But what, just because Bryson posted uh, his how much the yes. win meant to him when Sam Burns won, <laughs> and then yes. that post was quickly deleted and then put onto Sam Burns' account. <laughs> exactly, and like over social media, yeah, pair about the U.S. Open. Why not? Like, do that. See what happens if there's like some good roll, eyes rolling there. Great, or if there's I don't know some disrespect in the golf course, even better. Like. Yeah, I want that to be a real thing. This just kind of feels like, I don't know, they're trying to hype up some kind of fight that isn't there. Or they're trying to get these pay-per-view dollars with this fake hype. It's yeah, funny. I, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I, like I, so what I, ultimately what I come back to is um, I am... I'm just not the type to be enter- super entertained by this. Like it would be enter- I would be entertained watching them play together. The the back and forth on Twitter, I just don't really care about. Like I know that it it creates buzz, and there's some people who get super into it, and that's totally fine. It's just like I'm just not super interested in it. Uh, if they if you have people with genuine friction and they have to play a five hour round of professional golf together, that intrigues me, and I would be interested in that. But like I'm not going to go dissect their their post histories on Twitter to to figure yeah. out uh, if this is a manufactured or or real post that this person. Oh, of course just... not. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's looking that deep into it needs to find something else to do with their time. But have you seen like, Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I not as much as you guys, I don't think. But um, the the real life conflict of two guys that consider themselves alphas, you know playing side by side at a major, you know, hitting it by each other. How do they react to that? You know, I think that would be must watch TV, honestly. Uh, you know, they, they probably will put them together and like, be like, Oh, everyone wants this. And then they're not even going to be a feature group. It's just going to happen in obscurity. Yeah. That would be the most <laughs> yeah. golf thing to do. I, I like how you say like these two guys that consider themselves alphas because they do. And like the whole universe does. But that started with some guy's shoes being too loud and the other one rolling his <laughs> eyes. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Neither of those are super alpha behavior. No. Uh, okay. Alpha, yeah. alpha was Phil doing his calf stretches right next to him. His calf flexes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm 50, boys. I can still outdrive you. Still or or, or Alpha is, is Tiger Woods, who only keeps the trophies from his majors. He doesn't even know what happens to the other <laughs> ones. So where are the other ones? I don't know. <laughs> These are the ones I got. Um, U.S. Open implications, Ryder Cup implications. Either so that potentially is the most interesting to me. Uh, and I mean, obviously, I, I think any you know Stricker or any future captain is going to um, shy away from making this relevant because if they're you know genuine discord in the team is not a good thing so they'll they'll figure out a way to to work together and have minimal contact but uh it definitely takes away from the chummy atmosphere of of the Ryder Cup team I think yeah I think that the American teams have been criticized in the past for not being all that chummy in the first place as compared to the the Euro team so 
I don't think this is help is going to help that <laughs> impression no, I, yeah. some people have. No, I don't think it is. Uh, the other thing that kind of was released. Sorry, go ahead, Craig. No, I was just going to say because on that note, uh, someone asked me in in our Discord channel today. Uh, like, I I think you guys are both on the same page as me, but um, you know, is asking me as a Canadian. Do you, do I typically cheer for the the Euros or the Americans? And I was like, well, I don't know as a Canadian, but like just me personally, like I'm basically always riding pretty hard for the Euros. Uh, and I think, uh, well, first off, like where where are you guys? I, I I think I know that you guys are similar, but I'm not sure. Kevin, uh, I I flip flop to be honest. I'm not. I'm definitely. It depends on the team. It depends on the players. Like. We, when Tiger was doing his thing, I was pretty all in on Tiger, so I was cheering for him to have success there. I like a lot of the American players, but I I don't. Um, there's other ones I don't care for as much, and I like a lot of the European players. So it can be a match to match thing. I mostly just want it to be a good event and exciting. Like, and, close. and I find myself towards the end of it, you know, I'm cheering for one or the other. I, it yeah. it sort of is dependent on the the team and the the year. I think that's fair. Um, and yeah, especially wanting to be close down the stretch. I did a DNA kit a while back. I'm not going to name them. No freebies. Um, but it turns out we, I, it came out myself, but I think I can lump you guys in with generally the same genetics background. <laughs> About 80% Scottish, 20% uh, Norwegian. Uh, there's some pretty good Norwegian golfer that I'd be cheering for. Chris <laughs> <Golfer>. Venture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I cheer for the Euros. I mean, that's kind of, I feel like, going back in our ancestry that's where we're from a little bit i have more ties there than i feel like the u.s well and i i think i guess you know a lot of people outside the u.s may not really understand this but you know like i love a lot of american athletes um but basically when the olympics is on usually i'll cheer against the american (laughs) because and and it's not that like that individual athlete is someone I like dislike or anything. It's more just that like it's like cheering for the Lakers back when they had Kobe and Shaq, or cheering for well, the a, Yankees when they it's like it's just like the Patriots. Thing, yeah, they're know? just like the, or the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. So it's just sort of like you know how <laughs> the U.S. is going to have so many gold, so many medals at the end of the Olympics that like this other guy from you know slovakia this might be the only one you know i I don't know what small country but uh this might be the only gold they have at this olympic so i always i always find that you end up cheering kind of against if you're not american you kind of typically are are sort of cheering against team usa um, because of how good they typically are so now we got the guy with his Tom Brady jersey hanging beside his Kobe jersey, just throwing his phone across the room, <laughs> cursing at this podcast with his Jeter <laughs> Yankees jersey. But yeah, I, I mean, a cool runnings example. If you're watching that movie, you're not cheering for the Swiss. You're cheering for the Jamaicans, the underdog yeah. story. Like, it's like Swiss cheering for the... Mercedes in F1. Yeah, that's right over my head, I'm sure. Seven Evan. straight, seven straight, or... With... Yeah, I think it's seven now. Okay, speaking of the Patriots, the match. The match part four was announced this week as well. Bill Mickelson and Tom Brady versus Bryson, DeChambeau, and Aaron Rodgers. What do you guys think? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably tune in or... If we get it. I think last we'll read TNT, about it which... afterwards. 
Yeah. I honestly, personally, I I am not super. I just find the these. I would much rather they do it with like four golfers and have them in like a staged match play event. Like I would find that much more compelling. Um, I know it does introduce a little bit of the everyman uh, when you have. Uh, and obviously it just attracts a big audience when you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But I, I, I would love it if they started to do, um, you know, just whether it's pay-per-view or, or specials of, of match plays, whether individual, like the first Phil and Tiger one uh, or, or some sort of team play, uh, you know, throw, throw a bunch of pros together doing a, doing a straight up scramble and see how see how low they can go or or um, like do like a, a pga corn fairy lpga like create your own team like you have to for zurich and yeah do some kind of scramble or something yeah, or, yeah but, that'd be cool you know that's early like when golf exploded in popularity back in the 1800s it was <laughs> matches like that like it, it was not it was not the tournament it was it was exhibition matches and even yeah. even in like the early 1900s like Walter Hagen and uh, uh, you know Ben Hogan he was he was or not sorry Ben Hogan um Augusta National who am I Bobby Jones Bobby, Bobby Jones, Jones. Um, he he ended up playing in some of these exhibition matches and and taking some serious cash, uh, but that sort of gets away from the the amateurism Amateur. profile that he had. <laughs> but but that has always been a big part of golf, and it's it's only been, mo- you know, really in modern golf that we've gotten away from it. And I I think that can be super exciting. So yeah, th- you know, this will be a good spectacle. But I would like to see some actual golfers out there. With how popular golf is booming, like it is it is definitely booming as an entertainment product i think that like i think people are talking about that enough that we might see that in the next couple of years which is really cool so uh, you're, saying, mean, got- you're saying you want all the biggest names together playing for like big stakes sounds I like did, the where super did I say golf that? league super yeah are where did i PGL? say that i said i just well, said this is what craig's saying for- about the exhibitions and- no no i i i, mean, I don't even mean like in a in a series like it could just be you know we have a we have a rory and jt versus bryson and bro okay maybe that one won't happen but uh <laughs> you know like that type of thing where it's just like it's a single one-off thing and they collect a huge pay-per-view or or purse or whatever, but uh, I, I think people would watch that, and I, I think it can be done without compromising the actual normal schedule if these guys do this once or twice a year type thing. Mm-hmm. A couple things about the match. The first one, Tiger vs. Vale, was 2018. I don't think the, there is a bet on this, but if you could bet both guys would win majors afterwards... I think it'd be pretty good stakes, and they both did, which is incredible. That's to think crazy. About. Um, and another kind of uh, cool one, I think this one, uh, the match part four, is being played at, in Big Sky, Montana. So just kind of a stone's throw for me, just south of me. Um, but I was trying to do some research on the course, and it looks pretty cool. And Big Big Sky, Montana for this one. I do like that they go to these different courses, you know, that we don't Sorry, see. That, is that, that that's the name of the course? Or that's uh, it. City. It's a it's a place. I think yeah, it's okay. also because um, it's the name of a golf course in British Columbia in Canada. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's yeah. why that's the only Big reason sky. I was thrown off. I was like, oh, uh, maybe I'll go check it out. It's also Where a descriptor. Votes? Oh, it's a big sky. <laughs> 
I think I think Montana is big sky country. I think that's like their motto or or something about it. But anyways, it's not super important. Well, now you threw me, and I, I'm now my Google search is coming up empty. So, you you get into your three stars. I'll Google it. Okay, three stars to this week. Oh, thanks, Craig, for the segue for passing it over. Three stars to this week. Third star, Jordan Spieth, looking like a first star the whole time, but he ends up third star. I don't know, like we said at the uh, beginning of the podcast, or at least my take was, at the end of the day, looking back on the sermon, it'll be a good second. Uh, he has five top tens now in his last six tournaments. Wow. Five top tens, six tournaments. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Second star, Alex Jaka. Guys, this guy's made, he's a regular on the three stars. His second, second time he makes this list in, I mean, a couple months. Because... He just goes out and he wins another Champions Tour major event. <laughs> Incredible. So, he, I mean, we talked about he, his, him winning that first one as like an alternate or a Monday qualifier. I think it was a pretty cool story. So he's playing the, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. Won this week by four strokes. That's two major wins in only two, sto- two starts. He's now chasing the slam, the senior uh, major slam for the year. And he he only has five starts total on the Champions Tour. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Like who comes onto a tour and just like dominates two majors right away? It's it's incredible. No matter what tour in any part of the world at any age, it's incredible. I was gonna say, you know, who did one was Tiger Woods, and then he was pretty good in the, a few other ones. Uh, but no, there's yeah. more. There's more Tiger love coming from you tonight than usual. I'm I'm actually quite impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on first start jason kokrak um we kind of alluded to it but starts the professional starts are pga starts i think pga starts let's go pga starts pga starts before his first win 232 pga starts before his second win 17 the floodgates are open now he's he's a winner he's just gonna keep on winning uh yeah he, he did what he needed to do in that final group at in jordan spieth's home against jordan spieth Handled it well. Got a second win. Uh, great finish. Great, great tournament. I, mean, I don't know. I actually know if it was in his home. I, I think it was at the, at the course. Uh, one of the things, though, that uh, that we didn't really get into. I don't know if this course actually was all that well suited to Kokrak. So, like, it, it does make it, you know, potentially even that much more impressive. Uh, you know, I, I think of it as more as a guy who who will do really well on a place that the driver can. And he was number one in strokes and off the tee, but. It's not a course that I think of as you're really looking for the advantage off the tee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Craig, did you find anything about Big Sky? Yes. So it is in Big Sky, Montana. The course is called Moonlight Basin. The reserve, the reserve at Moonlight Basin, is that right? Yeah. Gotcha. Jack Design? I don't know. <laughs> but the tagline, the tagline is Big Time in Big Sky. Sounds good. Sounds That's like big time. <laughs> big times yeah. are to be had down there. Yeah. Okay, guys. Moving on. DFS picks recap for the week. This is our pick sheet that's sent out on Twitter every Wednesday. Craig at Jordan Spieth. I know. The I T2 is long a shot there. <laughs> big long shot. Kevin and I went with Morikawa. T14. Um, sleeper. Craig, again. You had a good picks this week, I guess, Craig. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Taylor Gooch, T14. Kevin went with Harry Higgs, miscut. I went with Hoagie, miscut. Uh, fades. 
Greg went with Daniel Berger, T20. Kevin went with Justin Rose, T20. I went with JT, T40. I feel like that's a pretty good fade. He almost, almost missed another cut. Uh, definitely looked dicey there on Friday for him to make the weekend. Top Canadian, we all went with Corey Connors. And, no, Adam Hadwin. Yeah, very nice week out of Adam Hadwin. Yeah. Craig, I think you talked about him in our Wednesday show a little bit about DFS play. His approach game had turned around a little bit. So, Adam Hadron, I think, finished with a T8 this week. So, yeah. Best result in a while, I believe. Uh, so, maybe we our, our top Canadian starts becoming interesting again. It's not just mm-hmm. the Corey Connors It's been the Corey Connors yeah. show for a little while. <laughs> okay. One and done. This is where it gets Now the main event. The main event. So I think we Hoff- can just breeze past this this week. Hoffman, Harvin, and Garcia. And we were talking on our Saturday night show that it looks like it could fall a bunch of different ways. I think Hoffman was furthest behind. Sergio Garcia was in the second to last group, I want to say. He was solo third. He was two clear and third, I think. Yeah. So, Kevin went with Sergio Garcia, which I want to figure out that pick here in a second. But finished T20 for 68 grand. That's got a sting. Craig went with Brian Harmon with a T800, just under 200 grand. And I went with Charlie Hoffman, T3 with a 366. But man, everyone that kept tying him after because he got in early, Ian Poulter sank a lawn putt. And I'm like, oh, they're cutting this check up a little bit more and more. Well, Kazire easily, Kazire missed a couple putts to take it one lower. So he Hoffman actually could have ended up in fourth there. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. or he could have shot six over today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick recap. Craig at 5.7. I'm at 5.25. And Kevin's at 4.5 million. But Kevin, where did, where did you come up with the Sergio Garcia pick? I, yeah, I'm interested. it's a surprising one. Yeah, well, I don't know. I was thinking he's he's played decent here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a ball striker. It's it's kind of an approach course. I I don't know. I mean, essentially, what you guy. saw through the first three days is what you were hoping. Yeah, like so, like Saturday the, night, you're going to bed just like suckers. I'm, I'm catching th- up. Listen, on I wasn't because you know I'm not a, I'm not a huge Sergio guy, and Evident I kind of felt like the, right <laughs> it it would almost wouldn't be like fair if I made up some ground with Sergio. So. You know, I wasn't thinking that this was outside the realm of possibilities. I feel like you would have been okay with it if if you had uh, if you would have made up some ground with Sergio. You probably would have been able to get. I would have been over. fine with it, but I, you know, it was almost like the golf universe couldn't really let that happen. Yeah. Um, it burns though, big time, because he went from first to I think T second to third to twenty. I was like, okay, at least I was watching it today and he's kind of slipping like t5 i'm like okay well at least he'll still get something out of this even if i end up behind hoffman Harmon's two over like no worries there just keeps plummeting down that leaderboard i I was gonna say i was i wasn't watching because i think he got cut from coverage pretty pretty early in the day well yeah yeah he did you were you were watching the leaderboard i was watching the leaderboard if you, if you saw Poulter, sometimes you could see Sergio in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch where his ball was marked and be like, that's, that's probably another par putt from eight feet there. <laughs> go either way here. This could go yeah. either way. So that one, it stung because I thought today, this week was I was actually going to make up a little bit of ground. But What's no funny dice. is I think collectively from the PGA Championship, our picks made about $50,000. This week at the Charles Shaw, we picked up what, like six hundred thousand <laughs> between our three picks. So I don't, I don't know if there's anything to that or, or what. But there you go. 
There you go. There you okay, go. Okay, guys. Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Anybody have any good stories from their bets this week or DFS play? Nope, I did not have anything to report. I I mean, so I had a one lineup. I mean, if Spieth would have won it, it would have had... So there's a bunch of ifs here. It was a very good lineup. Denny McCarthy killed it. Uh, but, I, you know, going into, going into Sunday, I think I had all five of my guys were in the top, you know, five of six that made the cut were in the top 15. So it was like, it was one of those heartbreaking five of sixes. Um, so Denny McCarthy is on my, on my list of people I'm upset with right now. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, the only one that, that uh, stood out to me, Matt Jones missing the cut was that one, that one stung. It, uh, it caused, I, I didn't, I didn't put as many lineups in, but it caused uh, two, I five lineups in and, and two of my five lineups had uh, went from six of sixes to five of sixes because uh. of Matt Jones. It was a hard DFS. It, it was a break-even you know, week, though, for me. So what would we say? 20 percent of lineups had six of six through. So if you didn't, you're yeah. you're pretty much toast. Uh, yeah, our, on our pick show, our my picks, I think we're all top twenty. The sleepers, I was zero for three, so that's never going to help. And it sunk a bunch of lineups. Hoagie and Michael Thompson were my two six A's, and they both missed the cut. Uh, so it wasn't good. I did throw in a, a multi-tour parlay, though. I, I, yeah, I threw in a multi-tour parlay. You guys know Ooh. I like to do this sometimes. I went with Matthias Schwab over in the European Tour. I went with Colin Morikawa over here and Patrick Flavin. I don't even know if I'm saying that so right. So it sounds like you, it didn't hit on any of these. But get this. So, <laughs> I mean, Morikawa was 14 to 1. Schwab was 25 to 1. And I got him with each ways. So okay, that, yeah. that's a big thing. Um, <laughs> it was $2 to win 200000 as one does. Um <laughs> But this Flavin one was uh, from Skyhook DFS on Twitter. Uh, one a, a really good kind of DFS kind of betting follow on Twitter, and he said something about the Illinois course where they played before. He you know playing well and he finished you know second here before. He's five hundred to one. I'm like I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw a five hundred to one on this. Uh, and then I got the each way and anyways his five hundred to one. He finished fifth, and he got returned sixty six to one with an each way. I mean, nice. when you have 500 to one and each way still, it's pretty good. So that feels like the first positive bet in a long time. And yeah. 66 to one, I'll take it. I believe that's what Sergio was going into this week. So sorry, but you still, what didn't you say it was a parlay? So I had those three um, and then bet them individually. Oh, okay. As I was well. going to say. So wouldn't you still have lost with Morikawa and Schwab? But, <laughs> but going in, Schwab was, I think, like T5 going into yeah, Sunday. Yeah, he had a so I woke Sunday. up, he fell yeah. to T10. I'm like, probably the parlay is going to miss. And then Morikawa started Eagle Birdie, I think. And, and sorry, did you, did you need to get eight or is it four for the. No, for the, the placement was only five. Five. So, so but Morikawa still could have gotten there. Uh, so yeah. It, it was live. It was live. It was a long shot. Data Golf had him as a top five at like 2% to start today. But then he eagles. I'm like, oh man, like, what's going on? <laughs> is, it gonna be, is it really going to be Schwab that missed by one stroke, knocking into top five? Uh, luckily, I didn't really have to sweat that. So, All right. Stock up, stock down, guys. Who wants to kick it off, Craig? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am going, so, you know, I, I took an angle this week. Essentially, I am looking at a couple of, Euro Ryder Cup guys, and uh, you know, it's more of a long term. I'm looking at at this week what happened this week, but I'm looking at in the microcosm of 
the momentum that they seem to be having in terms of their potential place on the Ryder Cup team. So, so the stock up is Ian Poulter. Uh, he moves from 23rd, so he was tied for third uh, with a, a uh, minus two on the day. Um, pretty, I mean, like Adam said, he was he was making a few big big pots and, and big shots down the stretch to to get to that point. Um, but he, I, I've only seen uh, you know uh, projected from Nosraw to on on Twitter, who right. um, usually seems pretty bang on with his projected ones. But essentially, uh, Poulter moves up to 17th from 23rd uh, on the world points list. So there's the two points list for the European team. Anyways, regardless, he is moving his way consistently, it seems, towards uh, Ryder Cup um, consideration. Well, first off, just straight up qualifying but he's going to be moving himself further and further into consideration uh, as a captain's pick because you know you've got the Ryder Cup history you've got the strength in match play Uh, there's a lot of good things that he has been showing in the last little bit after you know I I had kind of written him off maybe uh, a few a few months ago uh, as as kind of there's this old guard of Europeans and not all of them are going to make it. And I was kind yeah. of thinking that he was one of these ones that it didn't look like was going to make it. And then, you know, around the match play around that time, he, he really has started to turn it on since. And yeah. so then conversely, moving down, uh, I have Lee Westwood. So Lee Westwood, uh, you know, he was all over the headlines, all over the leaderboard earlier in the year. Uh, he had back-to-back second-place finishes. I missed the cut. He was plus four. wasn't even really close to to making the cut this week. Um, he now has so since his his back to back seconds at the Arnold Palmer and at the Players, uh, he's missed two cuts since then. Sixty third, seventy first, or so he missed another cut now. So he's missed three cuts. It hasn't been great. He does have a. a mm-hmm. At twenty first at the Byron Nelson in that time, but uh, he, he's he seems to be falling down the board. So um, maybe this is kind of the one where we see the inflection point of of maybe Westwood's Westwood. So he's still he's the third last one to automatically qualify now. So um, after him, you've got Matt Fitzpatrick, who I do expect to kind of move up as well, right? Uh, yeah. And then Perez, who you know he's going to be borderline. But uh, if Westwood doesn't continue to do things, I don't think he has done enough at this point uh, to to make you know to guarantee that he's going to be there. Yeah, he's an interesting one for sure. I mean, I think when that was kind of going on in Florida with this amazing play, we were all kind of like. Yeah, he's he, like he's a great player, but how sustainable is this? And well, turns out not that sustainable. But mm-hmm. it is it is fun when he is playing that well. So mm-hmm. hopefully, it's, hopefully he rebounds here. So yeah. and, and just for for the sake of you know, we did go through the U.S. who's who's just outside. So this is outside. So we we've got Lowry, uh, Burnt Viesberger, who just won, um, Justin Rose, Robbie McIntyre. So all of these people are going to be looking to to knock Westwood off of that spot. Sergio, Ian Poulter, Matt Wallace. Uh, so so there's some good names that are I think are going to be playing some good golf over this summer. Yeah, a lot of a lot of movement still could happen. Yeah. Okay, Kevin, moving on, moving down. Who you got? Um. Well, interestingly enough, I was uh, I was looking at Westwood there for a while until I saw that in the in the show notes here that Craig had him, um, but I, I yeah he ha- he really hasn't done anything since those two second places and it it doesn't his game doesn't have seem to have a lot of life right now. But I went with uh, moving up. I have Patton Kazire. 
Now, Kazire now has three top tens in his last six starts. Um, he was he he's up to uh, I mean I don't know the the new uh, official world golf rankings, but before his finish today, he's up to 148th in the world. He was th- at 389th in 2020. So, you know, he's really playing some solid golf. He's only missed three cuts out of his last um, 20 starts. So mm. this is a guy that, I mean, if you're looking for somebody to put on your rosters as a, you know, to get you a 6-6, six six, like, he's he's been playing very solid lately. Um, this is second straight top three. Um, Got to yeah. keep, he, he's somebody who is totally under my radar, but I've noticed him popping enough lately that I, I dug a little deeper and, and he's just playing very solid, consistent golf, climbing up the world golf rankings, uh, putting together solid finishes, you know, keep your eye on him. He's trending in the right direction. So I've got a projected update, um, 105th in the world. 105. Yeah. Up, up from Moving 150 on up. going into the week. So big jump. Yeah. So, um, Somebody who's right around there going the other way, in my opinion. My stock down is Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ at the end of, well, sorry, after the PJ Championship last year at Harding Park, where yeah. he, he was kind of right around the end. I, I don't know if he was in the final group or maybe the penultimate second group. Lap. Yeah. Penultimate. yeah. Good he, word. Um... That's I say second <laughs> last like a chump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, he was inside the top 70 in the world at that point. He had three wins to his name. He seemed to be like somebody that was on an upward trajectory that I think everybody was kind of expecting, you know, he, a guy whose name you knew because he, his incredible swing speed and like how far he hit the ball, but it seemed to kind of be coming together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, since then, like he's done nothing. He's now outside the top hundred. He's, he was 103 going into this week. He missed the cut this week. He has zero top tens since the Zozo last year. Mm-hmm. So he's not he's not really doing anything. Um and I don't know, you, you kinda hoped he can turn it around and find something, but at this point he's he's looking like a guy who's just sort of in free fall. Um missing I think about half of his cut or missing more than about half. half of his tournaments yeah, more than so that right now. This so. will now be seven of twelve in twenty twenty one missed cuts, which yeah, is alarming. So. It is, it, and and for somebody you think has a lot of weapons, mm-hmm. um, he's he's not really putting it together. So he's my stock down this week. Well, I mean, he's for sure got that one weapon, and it can definitely help him on certain events. Um, I I not exactly sure his status, but I mean, dropping out of the rolled hundred after top tening at a major, I mean, you're losing invite status to some mm-hmm. places if you don't already have it. So. Yeah, that's you. You kind of lose. It's it's amazing how quickly you can kind of lose those invites if you don't. Yeah, play the well. playing opportunities. Well, and you know, even I mean, the card comes into play. He's 134th in FedEx Cup at this point in the season. Um, I don't know his win. I think his last win was 2018. I I don't quite sure. know. I'd have to look at how they're treating it with with this extended season and all that kind of stuff. Um, but. Yeah, it was. He did have one in 2019. 2019, yeah, but yeah. So that, yeah, I don't quite know for sure. That was that was late 2019, so that would have been the 2019-2020 season. So that might keep him into next year. I'm not sure though. Not sure. Yeah. yeah. TBD. TBD. Okay, guys, moving up. 
My stock up, my stock down. I got Emiliano Grillo moving up. He was T8 this week at the Charles Schwab, which I guess, like, Kazire, three top tens in his last six starts. Is that what Kazire was? Yeah. I thought you were going to just say, like, Kazire, my Sunday showdown picks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess so. I played Grillo. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit of points. Kazire got that burry streak. It was good, yeah, too, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And then Kazire missed a few pots down the stretch that would have, oh, I was... Yeah, I wanted those ones to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Grio, uh, Craig kind of tipped me off to this. Uh, elite ball striker, we listed him as one of the top five trending players going into uh, the Memorial Tournament next week. Uh, but he has now gained strokes putting in four of his last five events. Ooh. So Grio, kind of like Connors a few months ago, elite ball striker finding something with his putter. Uh Starts to become super, super dangerous if he can roll in some putts here. If you're not sweating over eight footers like Kevin did with Sergio today. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's actually positive on the season too, which is the part that blows me away just as much as, as kind of a streak of tournaments. He yeah. was minus 0.9 last, like almost a full stroke. He was losing every round with his putter. And so to be anywhere in the green is, is a good thing. Yeah. Okay, stock down. Uh, sorry, guys. You might want to plug your ears for this one. I'm sorry to say it, uh, but someone's got to do it. It's Mackenzie Hughes is my stock down. Uh, he did miss the cut again. That makes four missed cuts in a row. Four missed cuts in a row. He's played in 13 stroke play events in 2021. His best, best finish was T19 back at the Sony Open. He doesn't have another top 30. Everything else, all of the 13, all other 12 tournaments are outside the top 30. He's lost strokes in approach in six straight starts. That's not his. That's not his strength by any means. His strength is putter and short game. But you can, losing strokes in approaches in six straight starts is it's hard to come back from and, and to make cuts and be competitive. So Mackenzie Hughes, uh, I mean, big story especially for us Canadians last year with his finish to his season. Um, getting a little bit cold right now. Yeah. No. Just. Just. Um... He does have a. He did make it out of the the first round at the match play, so it's it is on there as a tied for ninth. Uh, but essentially, he I, said had, stro- I said stroke play. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to if people are like, oh, I thought he had a top ten there. No, he, it, it, you know, it, it's a tied for ninth. Yes, but it's it's just he he made it out of his group and then uh, got knocked out in the next round. So that was a good result for him, I would say. To you know, to it make was. it out of your group at the match play is good. But yes, still, I, I agree that. Form is concerning for Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. Anything else? Uh, Memorial tournament next week. Yeah, that's a big one. I'm, I'm excited. excited for it. Yeah. We had two weeks last week: workday charity and uh, the memorial at Muirfield Village. Uh, ripped it up. Completely new golf course. We'll. We actually have an awesome little stretch of golf here now because we've got the Memorial Tournament with the new, you know, revamped Muirfield Village. And then we've got Congaree. We've got, they're calling it the Palmetto yeah. Championship at Congaree, which is replacing the Canadian Open. Um, but it's it's a very interesting golf course that I don't know if we'll get to see this again anytime soon. So so that's our lead up into the U.S. Open, essentially. So it's going to be a good little stretch of golf here. Three awesome weeks, I think. Three mm-hmm. really good weeks. I, I don't know what the the field is going to look like in two weeks but yeah Mm. i mean it's always fun when you get a new course yeah a new look yeah okay everyone thank you so much for listening uh please rate and review the podcast does mean a lot does uh really help us out subscribe on youtube if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe hit that thumbs up uh follow us on twitter at grandstand golf thank you so much for listening and we will see you again next week
Just pop that thumb, guys. <laughs> Just like Phil, right, guys? Just like <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Take care. Right. See you guys. Take care. Okay.